Hi everyone and welcome to a new episode of Paratalk. And on this episode, it's nearly Halloween. And uh, I thought, hmm, who could I get on an episode for Halloween? Well, of course, once again, I'm joined by Mr. Shrouded Hand himself, Tom. Hello, Tom. Hello, hello. How are you? Uh, I am good. Yeah, yeah. Enjoying your nice. uh, weekend, your near weekend? Uh, I, I've got a feeling it's going to chuck it down. Yeah. I've got a bit of a busy weekend. We've got some parties and things to go to, but uh, yeah, the weather's getting bad. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's nice. I, I, li- I like it when it starts getting cold, to be honest. It's nice and crisp at the minute, but yeah, I'd, I'd, like, I wouldn't, I'd like it to stop raining for like five minutes. Yeah, I don't mind the cold weather. I don't mind it when it's misty in the mornings. I don't mind that. There's a song mm. there somewhere, I think. And uh, <laughs> But I don't like it when it's completely raining. That kind of, yeah, when it's wet and... Have you remember a few years ago, uh, Christmas time, for about two or three weeks, all it did was pretty much rain every day. That's all it did. Mm-hmm. It was just raining every day. And it's nothing worse than it being really cold and raining. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It can be a bit depressing. It's like it's like someone turned a switch. It was like summer summer hot weather for like weeks, and then all of a sudden it was like overnight, boom, freezing cold, raining. It was it was weird. Yeah, it it was really nice. We had a we had a little bit of nice sunshine and a few nice warm days, mm. but uh, yeah, it's just sort of yeah, it's just gone. It's gone a bit crap recently. It's just like yeah, it's no, it's no. It, well, it's, when does it end? Summertime ends this this weekend, isn't it? I don't know. I'm I pretty sure it's That's it. No more. You've you've had your sunshine. You've had your two weeks. You've got to wait another six yeah. months now before you get any more summer. No more sun yeah. now. It's gonna it's gonna be overcast. It's like living in, you know, it's like living in uh, somewhere where the sun never kind of just rises. It's always sort of slightly <laughs> grey. <laughs> I don't, I'm sure last time you had me on, I was complaining about it being too hot. So, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know you don't like the warm weather. I know you don't like the sun. Well, too much you sunshine. Can't win. You can't win. No, you can't win. But that's the, that's the thing, see, because when the the you know this kind of weather comes, everyone moans. Oh, it's always raining. It's oh, it's all it's awful. It's so cold. And then the summer comes. Oh, it's too hot. It's too hot. I don't, yeah. Well, make your mind up. What do you want? You know, what do you want? We, 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 want, we want to complain about the weather. Yeah. That's what we want. Yeah, can just com- constantly complain about the weather. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, it's uh, Halloween soon. And uh, of course, yeah. you know, I thought, you know, I need to do an episode on some Halloween things. Before we run down that road, I wanted to ask you, growing up, Halloween, mm. what was your kind of thing that you did when you was a kid growing up? You know what? We didn't really do Halloween when I was a kid. My parents were kind of, they're sort of very churchy people and they didn't really approve of the idea of, you know, dressing up as demons and going around knocking on people's doors and all that. So we weren't, we weren't allowed to like trick or treat or anything like that. And I was always gutted every Halloween because I, I loved the idea of it. You know, when, as a kid, I was obsessed with ghosts and, you know, creepy, scary stories and things. So Halloween would have been right up my street, but I was, I was, I was always denied the opportunity. It was a very sad time for me. I was always, I always <laughs> felt a bit resentful around Halloween. Um, yeah. So that, that was my, I didn't really have much experience of Halloween as a, as a child, like myself. Did you ever like, um, did you ever like dress up for, you know, 
Did you never get invited no. to any like parties or anything? No, I didn't get invited to parties. It was a sad time. I used to see the trick-or-treaters knocking on the door, but my parents would like turn the lights off, pretend not to be in. <laughs> I remember I remember once going to my uh going to my uncle's house for Halloween. I don't know what, why I was there, but we were staying the night there and uh that was the only time really where I've seen like them answer the door to trick or treaters. My my uncle was like I, I don't know where, what he was up to, but he had this kind of silly spring silly string yeah, yeah, next to yeah. the door. So when the trick or treaters came, he'd like open the door and spray it at them. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's that, that's pretty much my only memory of Halloween where we actually did something for it. I think uh, growing up, I have kind of vivid memories of me and my brother getting dressed up for Halloween and going out with mm. with other. My my parents weren't really a wasn't really a thing. My mum was into it. She would like put the, a bucket of sweets out for for the little kids and that. Yeah. Which me and my brother used to sort of you know we'll have a few of those. But uh, I I would go out with my friends. Um, there were some parents and we would go wearing the houses and stuff and trick-or-treating mm-hmm. but it was um i remember going to a halloween party once and it was fancy dress and i didn't have a a fancy dress like setup so i thought yeah. well, how how can i go in fancy dress so that i don't i'm not just stood there in normal clothes and uh i so saw <laughs> i went to the the first aid because uh, obviously all houses have some sort of first aid box and I went to the first aid box and I thought, oh, there's, uh, there's some bandages in here. I'll, uh, I'll just borrow those. And it was two yeah. like bandages. And I bandaged one arm up and then I bandaged the other arm up. And, uh, and that was it. I was out of bandages. So I ended up going to this Halloween party in like a T-shirt and jeans and my trainers with two bandaged forearms. And everybody <laughs> thought I'd like burnt myself. They're like, are you all right? <laughs> what happened? I'm like, well, I'm part mummy. And they're like, oh, well, okay. But the parents were going, are you all right, Reeves? Did you, did you scold yourself or something? And I'm like, no, because it's only my forearms that were bandaged. It was like I had some sort of skin <laughs> skin disease or something. But there you go. You could have you just worn like a long sleeve shirt and done your face. And then yeah, well, I, you know, I, was, I didn't think. I, I could have. I just didn't think uh, that far down the road. So it was, uh, yeah. Well, you know, it was. I, I didn't. I didn't feel left out. I felt part of the. Uh, uh, there were some pretty good ones. There was one kid there who looked just like Dracula. He had the cape. He had. You remember Dracula mm-hmm. on uh, Sesame Street? And uh, you know, he used the, to count. Yeah, the count. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He had all that garb. On. It was just. It just looked like it. And I. And I just thought, like his parents must have spent so much time and money getting a costume together and making him look. You know, just like yeah, perfect. Um, and there were like other you know, kids there. There was one kid who was a zombie, and he just basically put gel in his hair, ripped his clothes a bit, and uh, just just went ooh, <laughs> and that was it. And that was yeah. he dressed. I remember. I remember other kids. If kids dressed as Dracula around here, around where I lived, it was usually just a, a bin bag over the red with a hole cut in it for you know for the red to go through and then a mask or some dracula fangs or something well that's like that's real lo- lo-fi yeah that's yeah. a real that lo-fi was, was a uh, uh, get up then again pretty remarkable yeah uh, anyway so as as uh, i think anyone hasn't guessed yet we're going to talk about uh, like urban legends legends of what might be true what might not be true mm. might be a little bit of truth maybe not so 
before I start spouting off some of the notes that I've got, have you got any personal urban legends from your, you know, your sort of your neck of the woods? Well, I've got one, I've got one from my childhood. This is quite a, quite a good yeah, yeah. quite a good Halloweeny one because the origins of the story has a bit of a Halloween theme to it. It was it was okay, in, yeah. it was in my in my primary school in North Wales. There was a story: the toilets. And it, it would depend on which like area of the school you're in, which toilets were supposed to be haunted, because it would change. You know, the, it was like Chinese whispers around the school. But yeah. apparently, the, one of the toilets in the school was haunted by the white rabbit. And the story was that years before we'd gone to school, there'd been this Halloween party at, at in the hall at the school, and a girl had gone dressed as a white rabbit. And right. she'd gone to the toilet at some point, and I don't know what had happened, whether she'd tried to get her outfit off to use the toilet or something, and it got stuck, and she'd suffocated yeah. in, the, in the outfit. So now, if you go into the toilets on your own at a certain time, you might encounter the white rabbit. And it was, you know, supposedly it was just the ghost of a girl in an outfit, and everyone was terrified of this thing. I remember my brother telling me that he, he went, he, he saw his friend going into the toilet on his own and he went in after him, like snuck in and made like weird noises like a rabbit. And he heard this massive bang come from like, inside the cubicle where his friend was. And his friend didn't come out. He stood outside for a while. He, ne he didn't come out. He looked over the top. His friend had climbed up out the window, these like little tiny windows above the cubicles, right out the window to get away from the white rabbit. So everyone was terrified of it. I, I, re I, I read online like years ago, a post from someone saying that they'd made up the story and they were a bit older than me. So they would have been there like, you know, the generation before I was there, but I've looked for it again since then. And I can't find any trace of this post that someone said they'd made up the white rabbit story. But yeah, I do sometimes wonder if it's still, still going that legend. The school that I used to go to when I was a wee little boy, uh, mm. when I was my, my infant school, well, infants, junior, it was all kind of one thing. The school that I went to, in the in the olden days, uh, it was a it was a girl and boys school, but the school was cut in half. Yeah. So half the school was girls, half the school was boys, uh, but it was all one big school. Uh, they, they got a tower in this school. It's a, a dingling bell at the top for letting right. children know, I suppose, that it's time to go to school and whatever. And it's got a, I think it's got a clock on it. I can't remember. But anyway, so the story goes that in the olden days, when the school was, I think it was when the school was still Victorian, because it's an old Victorian building, built mm. in 18 something, or maybe earlier. I can't remember. It's all going from memory, and it was such a long time ago. But anyway, so the story goes that uh, this, this kid, this boy, climbed, got into the tower, Climbed all the way up to the top of the tower. He was at the top of the tower, proving a point that he wasn't scared to go up there. And it was, uh, it was like a recess, and that somebody dingling the bell, and it scared him, and he fell out of the tower, and fell all the way down to the floor, and it killed him. Mm. Everybody was told this. It was like, oh yeah, the tower's haunted. You might see the boy in the tower. <sighs> He, he might fall out. Don't worry. He's just a ghost. He's not a real person. So don't worry about it. I mean, that's pretty... It could be a real person up there going, I've had enough. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing my homework. I'm going to jump. And you're like, it's all right. You can jump because I know you're a ghost. 
And he could be a real person. Yeah. How bad would you feel? When you're a kid, I suppose you wouldn't, you'd go home and sort of turn on your Nintendo and go, well, whatever, you know, but <laughs> that's just kids, isn't it? Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, we had this story about, you know, stuff like that. And it's weird that schools get that kind of urban kind of myth. There's a, mm. like you just said, somebody could have just said that in your school uh but you know the white white rabbit story and then it over the time it yeah. becomes a thing doesn't it i sometimes wonder if these things actually start to manifest if you know they could start out as a rumor and then you know they and enough people believe in it over the years it sort of becomes real in a way well yeah i mean if you think about it right i, I mean i don't want to you know we do tend to sort of um i'm gonna go off on a bit of a tangent here but that's that's the nature of this mm. <laughs> these episodes but uh the point is that what when you say that it's when you think about urban legends and ghosts and you know all those kind of spooky things with halloween and stuff if you go to like a, a place and somebody says oh this or that and you believe it and all your friends believe it and then somebody says oh i think i saw something or i think i experienced something mm. are we in some way manifesting that whatever it might be to happen yeah like you be, said could be the power of thought you know the power of our minds all right it could be just imagination it might have been just like a a little mouse out for a walk in the evening after his dinner and then you saw it and thought it was you know the ghost of a, a knife wielding maniac so our brains work in mysterious ways yeah so anyway, I've got some notes here and I picked out a few. Some of these urban legends, I think, have been used a lot in films, especially mm. horror films. And I know you like your horror films. I don't mind a horror film. I must say, now, I'm a real fan of anything really 80s because that's the era that I grew up in, that decade. Yeah. When I was a, a teenager and had all my experiences. So obviously... I'm I kind of love horror from the eighties, the slashes, the B movies. Mm -hmm. I love all those kind of things. I find that the horror films today they're completely different to the horror back then. The horror stuff today is very has a very clever way of getting in your head. I've watched some of these modern what I call modern horror, and they are they they mess with your head psychologically. They mess with your head, mm -hmm. and I know that's down to good directing and good writing and stuff. And good acting, but I don't know, somewhat different. Like back back in the old days, group of teens in a house. You know, Jason comes along, yeah, kills them all or whatever. One gets away, and you think, oh, it's great, and then they get killed in the end or whatever. But yeah, some of the modern stuff, bit spooky. But the first one I'm going to mention, the first uh, urban legend, uh, I'm going to mention maybe. Well, we'll discuss afterwards because I'd like to hear your first thoughts on it. So it's entitled. The babysitter and the man upstairs. Also, you know, it could be two things, but let's let's read. Uh, classic urban legend involves a babysitter who receives a disturbing phone calls from a mysterious person who turns out to be in the same house as her. And it's a cautionary tale of being being careful when you're home alone. So maybe this is something that children get told when when they get left on their own. You know. Don't open the door to anyone. But this kind of thing, 
it kind of it's been used a lot, hasn't it? It's kind of like a yeah, I think so. It's, it's one of the ones I've heard the most. I would say all like variations of this story. I've heard I've heard like you know different twists on it, but yeah, I think it's just the the home being home on your own is just such a a classic scenario for you know scaring people, isn't it? Everyone gets creeped out when they're in. Can you remember the first time you were left on your own? at home no i can't remember the exact first time but i remember just like at some point being you know i got getting old enough to be left alone in the house and yeah i would get that creepy feeling mm. what if someone broke in right now i wouldn't be able to do anything to defend myself i remember being home my mum's like you got to stay in reese why because you got to look after the cat because he's not well our cat was unwell yeah. he'd been to the vets and had an operation and he was still a bit unwell and they needed to be watched because he was still a bit woozy from the medicine. So he was like, mm -hmm. we didn't want him pooing everywhere. Uh, so I had to watch him. And I was, uh, my mum went out with my younger brother. And uh, she said, you've got to stay in. And my dad was away. My dad used to work away. And um, I remember being in the house. And I was watching, I don't know what I was watching, Doctor Who or something on the TV. In, front, in the front room, in front of the coal fire. Cat was in the box. Yeah. Uh, asleep. And I heard this almighty bump from upstairs now it could have been anything I, I you know somewhat falling it was above it was like our bedroom well my brother my brother and I used to share a bedroom when we was young uh, it was come from our, our section our area of the house and it's most mm. probably toys falling on the floor or whatever um, and um, I was downstairs and I literally I thought it was monsters. I, I immediately thought like someone was up there or something had, you know, something was up there that was evil and it was, I couldn't go upstairs. And I remember standing at the bottom of the stairs, looking up the dark stairway because I didn't want to put the light on because I, if I put the light on, then, he, you know, whatever it was up there, knew I was at the bottom of the stairs. Knew there, yeah. And I stood there looking and waiting. I just didn't know what to do. Yeah. Have you had any, uh, those experiences as a kid? I can't remember exactly anything like that happening. Oh. I remember I was all, I was always terrified of some something being in the house. I, I always had the idea that someone could have snuck into the yeah. house at some point during the day and secreted themselves like in my cupboard. I would, you know, I would always have to like go and check the cupboard. Like, what if someone was waiting in there for nightfall just to sneak out and murder us all? And I, you know, I don't know why I got convinced with the idea that the, someone could be in the house waiting in there. I suppose it has happened in real life. Though, oh, definitely, yeah. Ne never to me. So I, I don't know. I would. I, that was always my like creepy thing that I would. I would. I would just be obsessed with the idea of having to check the. I wouldn't be able to sleep unless I like got up and checked something. And uh, I don't know. I I was also terrified of like I don't know when you said that about turning on the yeah. lights because things would know you were there. I would be the same like um, making a noise at night. I would always think there would be some like ghost or something outside uh, outside my room and if i made too much noise it would like hear me and come in <laughs> stuff like that so it's where it's weird how yeah. kids i mean you've got when you're a kid your imagination is so like vivid and you you imagine yeah. so many weird things i mean i remember i couldn't sleep if i i used to my mum used to we had a like a hanger on the back of our bedroom door and my mum would hang all our coats and dressing gowns and all those things on the back of the door. Me and my brother would just leave them on the floor. But she would come in and mm. hang them all up. And I remember waking up one night and looking, and the light 
she used to leave like a like a, a landing light on so we'd get a little bit of light coming in the room and i remember waking up and it was um it was i was very early in the morning and i looked towards the door and the door was slightly open but the the way that the light was coming through the door it was creating like a, a silhouette of it was like semi-illuminating the the door the, the stuff that was hung on the back of the door and i led there mm. for about five six minutes just absolutely petrified thinking what is that bloke doing in my room i i, I just yeah. thought it was a person just stood there like waiting and it was like yeah, i didn't yeah. want to move because i thought if i move it's gonna know i'm awake so i'm not gonna move and i, I must have fallen to sleep uh because you know uh, you, you wake up you go back to sleep sort of thing but yeah, I never used to like things hung up in the room like that or things on the backs of chairs or stuff. Yeah, yeah, like a pile yeah. of clothes and it just it always forms the shape of some face yeah. or someone's hunched yeah. down. Yeah. I, honestly, most of, my, most of my memories of going to bed as a child was just lying there in absolute terror yeah. for like an hour or two before falling asleep because I'd just be terrified. I was so obsessed with ghosts and things. And I'd be listening to every little noise in the house and I swear I used to start like, imagining things i remember once when like looking at a poster on the wall and i swear i could like see the mouth moving on the poster you know like in the dark yeah. i could see the mouth and the lips moving and i was just i was convinced that it was happening but you know i was just staring at it. oh my god well we were talking earlier <laughs> we were talking earlier about about uh, leaving sweets and candy and things like that out for mm. children and you know being part of halloween is giving little kids um you know sweets and stuff and things yeah. like that so there's another um uh, urban legend here uh where it is called razor blades in halloween candy uh mm -hmm. it says this urban legend warns parents about the supposed danger of finding razor blades needles and other harms harmful objects in halloween candy uh it says whilst there's been isolated incidents they are extremely rare and at most cases mm. are down to hoaxes or accidents. What, what worries yeah. me the most is it's like this is something that doesn't happen all the time, but it has happened. I mean, that's kind of creepy in itself. Who I'm going to give, I'm going to, you know, I've got all these lovely, I've got a bounty bar here, but I've secreted a razor blade into it. I mean, who does? I mean, that is just, that's like something straight out of a horror film. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some nutters out there, isn't there? It's uh, definitely something people could do. I mean, you know? wow. It actually does sound like, yeah, yeah. it does sound like something that you would see in a horror film. I wonder how often, though, it's just a kid who's got some candy at Halloween and they've decided to freak their parents out by, like, sticking a needle in it and going, oh, look, mum, look what's in, what, what was in my chocolate bar yeah i've got this syringe and it was in the uh yeah. it was in me twix and now uh i want a free <laughs> twix for a year from the twix factory because you sold me a twix with a needle in it yeah i'm sure there's people that do that i'm sure there's people that buy something and go i really like this oh it's delicious if i put some glass in this and complain i'll get free whatever it might be fray bentos uh -huh. oven pie remember those Remember the Frey yeah. Bentos pie? They're lovely. Nice. Um, for a year. You get it for a year. And I got free food, guaranteed, as long as I like 
uh, steak and kidney pie, I'll be fine. <laughs> Don't know how we got to that from yeah. glass in uh, in chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, I'm I'm yeah, I'm yeah. urban. I think more of a an an urban legend rather than something that could happen quite easily. But then again, we live in a wacky world, and and I'm not surprised that this has happened at some point. Yeah, I remember I remember researching that topic of like you know, food tampering yeah. and that sort of thing. I mean, I know it has happened, but the razor blades in the candy, I, I I couldn't find, like, very good sources for, like, times where it had actually happened. This was years ago I looked into it, though, so I can't really remember. Um, I remember there was also some stories about, like, um, LSD being put into sweets and handed out at Halloween. And I couldn't find if that was actually true or not, or if it was just like a, a case of like hysteria. Because I thought, why, why would, why would people put, like, you know, spend money on LSD just to sort of put it into sweets and give it to children? <laughs> I, you know I, mean, I mean, as as bad as that is, that would be pretty pretty funny seeing a bunch of kids dressed as like <laughs> Dracula and Frankenstein, literally tripping yeah. their nut off down the road. I mean, yeah. it would be funny, but it's not good. It's a bad thing. But there's always that no. other side where you think, I, well, what, what, would it, what would it be like? <laughs> and then, I suppose. You know. I don't think there was any truth to it from what I looked. I looked into it, and I, I think there was like a bit of a, ma a, a mass hysteria event. I think it was like in the 70s. I reckon some kids ate too much candy at Halloween, had a bad stomach you know said they were feeling a bit funny and then the parents jumped to conclusions and thought they'd been drugged yeah you think about it i'm just dawning on me now that you know they've got all these households uh your children go mm. out and you guys so just go out with like go have a little go have a little bobby take your bucket and put your costume on put your make sure your forearms are bandaged because that's your costume that's mm -hmm. all i can afford and uh, go out with Bobby and uh, knock on all the doors and you can get your sweets. And when you come back, you can gorge yourself. You can gorge yourself yeah. on all that chocolate and chewits and spangles and panda pop and, you know, space invaders. Yeah, yeah. They, they, tell, tell, they tell you the whole rest of the year, don't take, yeah. don't take sweets from strangers. Whatever you do, don't talk <laughs> to strangers. Don't take sweets. Right, for one night, you can go out... And knock on strangers' doors and take a yeah. yeah. I just take stuff that they Completely give you. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I um I I just uh I, I always see the irony in things and I just look at that and I think, you know, I I'm, I'm not being uh yeah, people some people might think, oh, are you just too too negative, Reeves? I'm not being negative. I've just there is a funny side to everything and there is a serious side to everything. And the fact is that, you know, you're a parent and you're very protective over your children, which is a good thing. But there are one night mm. of the year when you're like, yeah, it's all right. Just go out and be yourself. Just go out and live a little. Yeah. Just knock on a few doors. It's all right. And take whatever yeah. they give you. I mean, these days, most of the time when I've seen trick-or-treaters, it's been kids and they've had their yeah. parents standing at like the end of their driveway to keep an eye on them. When I was a kid, it wasn't like that. It was like everyone was just going out on, the, on their own, you know. It, was... it has changed a lot. I was, you know, mm. uh, the, the world we live in, has changed a lot in the last couple of decades. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you have to be a bit more protective of your children now. Uh, but, yeah, I just think that when you was kids, it was like when I was a kid, uh, you know, a little kid back in the, uh, 
what, 70s, late 70s. I'd go out with my mates mm. and we'd dress up and go banging on doors. Most people would tell us to off or get off my lawn or don't touch that car. Uh, and, and some mm-hmm. people would give you a, a bag of sweets or a tango or whatever. So, uh, yeah, it was, it, it, but you just went out on your own with your mates and uh, you'd just go and wander the streets for like three hours uh, and then go home yeah. and, you know, and your parents are like, you know, what do you get? And you're not eating all that at once. And you, you take it all upstairs and gorge yourself on it and be sick. I mm-hmm. go, I can't go to school today, but I've got a bad stomach. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> and then you'd get up and watch uh, school's TV the next day. Uh, how we used to live and all that. And music box. God, I'm getting so nostalgic now. People are going, shut up, shut <laughs> up. You're going too far back in time. So, yeah. <laughs> but anyway. So uh, I got another one here. Right. So this is the the haunted house that is actually haunted. It says, uh, some say that certain haunted houses set up for Halloween attractions are actually built on Mm -hmm. real haunted grounds and visitors can experience real paranormal activity firsthand. Uh, This is whether these are true or not. It still adds a layer of spookiness to the attraction. You know, I really thought about this one and... What a great... I mean, there must be places out there. Obviously, there are. I mean, there's lots of places that are allegedly got ghosts and paranormal activity, and they do get opened at Halloween, and you can get ghost tours and stuff like that. But what about people who have got a place and they don't tell anyone that it's apparently haunted, but they open Mm -hmm. it up? Like some of these places that don't get used throughout the year, but at Christmas... Oh, not Christmas time. Well, I suppose you could have like an evil Santa, but at Halloween time, they get opened up as a, you know, a horror attraction or whatever, but they are like real places that have had horror in them. What, what do you think about that? And you, and you just go in and you think, bloody hell, they've got good special effects yeah. in there. I saw an actual transparent woman walking down the hallway. Yeah. I don't know how they did that. Yeah, I don't know. Haunted houses, I, I don't know. Do they do them around where you live? Um, I've never seen a haunted house attraction around here. I I mean, Halloween is an American thing. And I think yeah. with in America, if you look, that, that, is a, that is a thing. You go out and you can go to a haunted attraction. Over here, there are mm. places. Um, there is a place uh, up, up your neck of the woods, I think. It's an old fairground, which closed yeah. down a long time ago but they open there's still buildings there but they open up and dress up all creepy yeah there's like it's got like a hedge maze yeah. and stuff there's like there's that sort of thing there's a few of them around the country but i've never seen one where someone just like does up their yeah. house like a, a spooky haunted house and lets people come and walk around it and it sounds fun actually I, i'd love to see something like that but it seems to be more of an american thing from what i know well elf and safety in it Sorry, mate, you can't yeah. open that ass up. It's uh, been abandoned and uh, everyone will have to wear a hard hat and glasses. Yeah, that'll be it. And a day glow jacket. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen unless you've got all of the, all of the um, uh, correct paperwork. But uh, I do like the idea of a actual haunted house being opened up as a haunted house for Halloween. Yeah. That's brilliant. So would it be like they they just open the house and you just it's just as it is just all dilapidated but they don't tell and you, you just walk or or, they, or would it be like they actually put like decorations and well jump scares it says and a Halloween attraction so 
I reckon mm. they dress. They must dress it up. Um, if they dressed yeah. it up, but they what they what the point is that when you go in there and go, oh, did you poke me in the back? That was actually a ghost. That was that was yeah. that was cheeky Roger, the naughty ghost who pokes <laughs> people in the back, literally. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but you think that was amazing? That it must have been like compressed air or something. Must have been like a a uh-huh. stick. He must be poking people with a stick. And it wasn't. It was uh, the ghost of uh, Naughty Roger who haunts <laughs> who haunts the house uh, to this day, apparently. Yeah, I just made a ghost there. I just made up a ghost. Uh, yeah. It's a good it one. It is a good one. It sounds, it sounds believable. You could do that. a TV series out mm-hmm. of that. I reckon you could get at least three yeah. episodes of Most Haunted out of that. Part one, part yeah, two, part exactly. three. Uh, the first one is the the beginning bit of haunt naughty roger then the, the the part two is the uh the disappearance and then the resurgence of uh naughty roger who's even more angry but yeah yeah anyway uh ghostly hitchhikers um did you know there's two versions of ghostly i didn't know this but if you no. split this in two the first one is the ghostly hitchhiker right and he is, uh, the legend is a ghostly figure, appears on the side of the road, and he's like dressed in old-fashioned clothing, or he looks like he's, you know, normal guy, and he'll thumb you for a ride. Uh, well, actually, I should rephrase that. He'll wave you down for a ride, and then mm. uh, you'll get you'll get in your car, and you'll be, you know, do you want a cigarette? Uh, you know, what's the day radio? Or, or it's raining again. Uh, and he doesn't say anything, and then you uh, drop him off, he gets out, and off he goes, and you think that's weird, and then he's gone. There's that one, and then you've got the vanishing hitchhiker. So it's kind of the similar thing, but it's a variation on the ghostly hitchhiker, where uh, this person will, you know, once again, you give him a lift, he'll get in your car, but he never gets out. And you'll be driving along, chatting about, I don't know, it's a knockout or whatever. And uh, he, he, you look in the mirror and he's gone. He, he didn't get out of your car. Mm. And there is actually a case, yeah. um, for the life of me, I can't think where in the world, but there is a case of an individual. I can think of two cases right now. It's on a certain straight bit of road. Uh, I don't know if it's Australia or somewhere like that, or it may be in Europe, but. I don't think the area is where well, it is important, but uh, it's the story is basically a an individual I'm trying to think. Well, an individual I think it was a policeman or or it was an individual. They were driving their car and uh, they gave uh, a lift to someone, and this person vanished and they panicked. They went and got the police. The police came out and followed them to this area of the road, and they said, "Oh, it's it happened here." They drove, the policeman followed, and he witnessed, he watched the person in the car pull over, and he saw the rear of the car door open and then close, but no one get in the car. Yet the person Mm. that was in the car saw the person, the woman, I think it was, get in the car. There's another case where a guy on a motorcycle was riding, and he suddenly, a person appeared as a pillion. I think it was a woman. With her hands, he, she, he first became aware of somebody on the rear of his motorcycle 
when he felt their hands on his side, gripping his jacket. And he mm. looked over his shoulder and there was a woman, no helmet or anything, just normal clothes. And he panicked uh, and he, you know, stopped his bike and the, there was no one there. Yeah. Oh, God. That's creepy in itself, isn't it? Yeah. I and mean, there's so many road stories like that. Another common one I've heard is it's not really like a hitchhiker one, but it's, it's where they, you'll be driving along a road and then suddenly you'll see someone in front of the car and you'll hit them and you're, sh- you're sure that you've knocked someone yeah. down and they stop and get out and they look and there's nobody there. I've heard variations of that story. Creepy. Uh, Canic Chase has yeah. uh, got some good uh, stories for stuff like that, but it's mainly with uh, like, uh, like, devil dogs and beasts and stuff that are seen uh, in the road and people are driving uh, late at night in the country area yeah. and then they see this you know this this thing in the road and it has and they yeah, stop like, the car and then it's gone yeah yeah i've heard a lot of stories like that like it's sort of like wolfman type yeah. of stories as well where there's something just jumps out in front of the car and then goes off into the bushes and i remember once i was coming back from the city and it was a um, dark, and I thought I'd take a shortcut. And I, sh- I shortcutted through a village that I used to live at. And the village is basically, it's surrounded by farms. It's in the middle of nowhere. And it was quite late at night. It's about nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. And it's, there's no street lights out there, only in the built-up areas. But I was cutting through like back lanes and country roads and stuff. And I'm, I'm riding, and I look down at my, uh, at my petrol gauge. And it's less than one bar of petrol left. And I'm thinking, mm. I hope I don't break, out, break down here. I hope I don't run out of fuel because I do not know where any petrol stations are. And it was the yeah. most panicky. And I got lost because I wasn't sure where I was going. I'd lost my phone signal. So I didn't have my Google uh, assistant chatting in my ear, in my headset, to tell me where to go. And it was like, I don't know where to go. I'm just going to follow this road. And it, the, the petrol gauge was quite low. And I thought, I really don't, I must be, I was pretty more right. I must be had 10 miles or 20 miles, but it, by looking at the petrol gauge, I was panicking and I rounded a corner in the middle of nowhere. Right. And it was like a vision, a little bit further down the road on this straight road in pitch blackness was this red glow of a Texaco station. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, oh, thank God for that. It was like an oasis in the, in the pitch black. And I just, <laughs> yeah. I went and filled me, filled me bike up. But, and then I got home eventually. But it's like when you're in those situations, if something happened, if, you, if I'd have pulled over and seen something, what would you have done? It just, yeah. I love, I love stories like that. I've been reading a book called Trucker Ghost Stories, and it's all about like, there's people on the on their own yeah. in the middle of nowhere driving down a highway and something something weird will happen like it's not uh, there's not many like actual hitchhike like phantom hitchhiker stories but there's like just weird just weird experiences that they have like they'll see like the same the exact same car will pass with the same people and it'll pass them yeah but there's no like twice it's as if they've like seen like a doppelganger or um there's one where someone got stuck in the snow in the middle of nowhere and this truck arrived and sort of escorted them out and this truck was behind them, leading them out, you know, showing them the road out. And then they looked in the rearview mirror and the truck was gone and there was only one set of tracks from their own car the whole way back along this road. That's mad. Weird. 
Good stories, yeah. I love, I love, I love stories about because I, I don't drive myself, so like, it's not really a thing that I can relate to. But uh, I just love the idea of driving somewhere alone in in the dark and something eerie happening. Like yeah, I, I, I was truly mm. worried, and and I wasn't, I wasn't scared, but I was very worried. I was in the middle of nowhere. I wasn't sure. Yeah. I knew, I knew kind of where I was, but I wasn't sure because it was so dark. I wasn't sure exactly where I was and I wasn't familiar with, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the road in the middle of the night. And I was thinking, if I run out of petrol now, I don't know where I need to go to get, I mean, I leave my bike somewhere, I'm going to have to walk. Maybe I need to get a petrol can. I just, oh, hassle. It was just, you know, maybe if you see something or someone's, or maybe you were walking down the road and so, you see a geezer on the other side of the road and he just stood there looking at you. And you think, yeah. and then you look back and he's gone. And you think, where did he, it's like a spider in your room. And you look at the spider and you look away to get something and he's gone. And you think, where did that go? I cannot yeah. move until I know where that thing's gone. It's a spider syndrome. Hi. There's a, there's a road near where my parents live in North Wales, which is like, it's a long winding road with like, you know, one of those like sort of country roads with thick hedges yeah. on either side. Like no, no path down the side. It's just a narrow road of thick hedges. And apparently people have been driving down there and they've seen an old lady walking along the side of the road and they pass her and they look in the rearview mirror and she's just gone. And there's nowhere she could have gone because it's just hedges and fences along the way. There's no, like, there's nowhere for her to disappear into. Multiple people have seen there's that. A, there's a case of, uh, I think it was two people or one person. They were, I think they were driving or walking down a, a country road and they saw a woman who they came around the corner and they saw a woman in the middle of the road in what they describe as dressed as the kind of the old fashioned bed nighty thing that you would wear like all in white. And uh, mm. they they saw this person and it was like an apparition. It, it, it vanished when they approached it. It kind of uh, it, it, it just kind of vaporized. It disappeared. Um, and it yeah. was more than one person that had seen this uh, this apparition, and it was um, yeah. We we don't know what it is. We don't you know. We you need to research the whole area, but it does happen, and people do see things like that. Uh, what mm. what they are, what causes them? Maybe it's atmospheric conditions. Maybe it's the individual themselves that's you know subconsciously projecting something, or maybe something's tapping into their subconscious to see that. We don't know, but it is scary. I don't know what it is about the countryside and the dead of night. That I admire people that um, it's like uh, the, uh, I know we're going off a bit of a tangent here, but I'm just going to say you sent me a link uh, a while back to, it's actually a channel that I do reasonably uh, now and again watch. Now that there's, I do find these solo uh, wood and night camps interesting. I always find them fascinating. Oh, yeah, I remember the video. Uh, a yeah. chap that goes in the woods. And I remember the episode that you sent me. He goes to a particular area, and it's a summer evening, and he's doing a little cookout. He's having some food. And in the middle of him recording, he says, I can hear footsteps around me, like someone's walking around. Yeah. And he gets so spooked that he packs up, and he leaves, doesn't he? And they're, they're really clear. This, you, you can, can hear, hear them really loudly yeah. on the camera. It sounds like it sounds like someone just m walking around, yeah. the, like next to the camera. It's it's really eerie. But the thing is, he can hear it as yeah. well as he's recording it. Yeah. 
and you can see he's visually unsettled by it. Oh, I. And he decides that. Yeah. No, my gut feeling is telling me to leave, and 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 he does. He packs up. He packs all his stuff up because he was going to do like an overnight stay, and he leaves. But a few more uh, episodes later, he goes back to that area, and he does do an overnight stay, and he said he was fine. But that one night, and you can see that you can see the whole area around him. It's like there is a wooded area, but you can clearly see into the woods, and those footsteps has to had to have been very close to the camera microphone mm-hmm. because they were yeah. and he's, he's shouting out he's shouting out as well like yeah. hello like no one answers so it's just like weird creepy. footsteps around uh it's creepy yeah. I, I i think I, w- I would leave as well to be honest if that was me i wouldn't stay around anyone listening i'll put a link to the episode that we're talking about in the uh show notes so that you can go and uh watch the episode but it is it's a bit weird it's a bit creepy yeah, but uh, I thought what we do as we're coming to the end of this episode, I thought what we do is we'll, we'll we'll end it on a what I would say is quite a classic urban tale, and uh, you're most probably well versed in this, but it's the it's the uh, the urban legend of Bloody Mary, and for anyone that doesn't know mm. this legend, it involves uh, looking into the mirror and chanting Bloody Mary a particular number of times. Some say like three, some some like like twelve. It's just a number of times, and that uh, by doing this, you 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 summon this vengeful spirit. And some versions that claim that that Mary was a witch, uh, and or a, or a murdered woman, or somebody that was killed and is seeking revenge. Uh, is that a thing when you were growing up? I remember that being actually a thing when I was growing up, looking into the mirror and calling out, doing that kind of chanting. I remember kids talking about it, but I don't remember anyone actually doing it. I, I don't think I ever did Bloody Mary when I was a kid, but I was I was definitely aware of it. There was a few legends like that I seem to remember about involved looking into a mirror yeah. and doing this. Isn't there one where you've got to look into a mirror and eat an apple and comb your hair and... You'll see your true love standing behind no, you or something. Tom, weird that's like just that. getting up in the morning and getting ready for work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure I've heard something like that. There's, 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 I don't know because they say mirrors are supposed to be like portals yeah, to the to the nether world to, to the other world. Don't yeah. They? yeah, they used to like cover up mirrors when people yep. died because they stopped the spirit getting getting out or getting in or something like that. Well, yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't. I, did you ever do Bloody Mary when you were uh, we didn't, a kid? We didn't do Bloody Mary. We had uh, in, in, uh, um, in our, when I was growing up as a, as a wee boy, uh, we had this mm. uh, kind of thing where if you looked into a mirror and uh, you could, um, y- y- you, you didn't have to say anything. You just had to stare into the mirror. And uh, after a while, you could see someone stood behind you, uh, and yeah. and it was like yeah. uh, we had we had one guy that did it and said, "Yeah, I did it." And uh, this man appeared behind me, and he was looking at me, and he didn't move. And then I looked round, and he was got. It was no one there. It was just no one there. It was just my bedroom with my ZX Spectrum. Uh. But um, <laughs> yeah, I just uh, I I do remember one kid saying he did it, but um, yeah, I you know was he. I mean, if you put it this way, if you stare at anything for long enough, it kind of mm. changes shape. It changes its appearance. Um, so if you stare into a mirror for long enough, I think that, you know, our brains work on shapes and 
uh, we kind of make stuff in our head. And I'm not saying that, mm. that people are make people that have had this experience with stuff like that as making it out. Of. I'm not saying that. I'm all I'm off doing is offering a, a different opinion of what it might be. But yeah, it was a thing when we was kids. Uh, don't look in the mirror. If you say it 14 times, spin around, clap your hands, and uh, <laughs> eat some crisps. You'll you'll be haunted forever. You know, or your you know, or the spirit will it, it will come into you. Or something like that. So yeah, we had all these different things about ghosts and don't do this and don't. Well, I'm trying to think. There was another one at our school. There was another. Um, it was. Um, it was. A, it was some story based around the, the the assembly room where all the kids. You know, you go to like morning. Did you have a morning assembly? Yeah, you'd, yeah. You'd go in there, and then the headmaster would come up and, and he would tell you. Uh, stuff I didn't I, you know what I went to school for all those years and I can't remember one time where I can actually remember what the headmaster was telling us uh, about stuff mm-hmm. I, I just can't remember but I remember being in school and I was so my friend went to a different school and I was jealous that his assembly when they went into assembly they all sat down on chairs when I was at school we all had to stand up for 15 minutes and everyone, um, you always had that kid at the back that passed out, didn't you? Yeah, always yeah, like yeah. that one kid. That was me once, actually. <laughs> was it? it was, got so hot. I, yeah, I got so hot, I felt myself starting to sway, yeah. and I had to get out. One time. Oh, always, uh, assembly, there was always a kid at the back, and he would always, like, fall over, and then the, the fire doors mm-hmm. would open up, and the teachers would, like, drag him. Well, not, not drag him. That sounds pretty fierce. Like, just, just drag him out. It'd be all right. You know, yeah. yeah. They kind of helped him outside and put him outside on a plastic chair and he would sit there and he would just like you know get him a glass of uh get him a glass of uh water you know out of a plastic school jug in one of those plastic tupperware school blue things and uh i remember all the wrong details i remember too many wrong things about school but i remember the uh yeah. the, every table had a, a thing of water on it remember that but you no know, so um mm-hmm. yeah so uh, there was a you know that there was that thing but uh, there was something about the assembly hall there was this kind of urban legend or school tale about oh yeah the don't go on the stage it's got it's cursed or it's haunted or it's, there's some there's tunnels under the stage there actually is tunnels under the stage i remember that being a somebody mm. told us that once said yeah if you go in the assembly hall uh and there's a there's a there's a trap door and uh you can go under the stage and you can go through the whole school and we're like yeah shut up what are you on about this what is this this is not cold it's mate but um and we me and my mate right my mate nick uh we we were in there one day and we're doing like music lessons so the the teacher put us in the the assembly room because the music block was part of the where the assembly hall was and he put us in there because we're playing guitars and he's like oh my god what a racket get in there and um we're sat in there and we're like, dear, dear, play this song. Hang on a minute, what's that door there? And we're looking on the on the on the stage, right behind the um, the, what's it called? The where the teacher stands and got his book and he tells you and he's got a microphone. That thing. There's a there was a door and we opened it up, right, and it went down under mm-hmm. the stage, and we're like, oh my god, this is real, this is real. The, we're going to go under the stage and we're going to be able to transverse the whole school. It's going to be like, you know, it's going to be like we're going to have our own network, our own network of of travel. All of my mates are going to be down here and this is how we're going to get around. 
No, it only went the area of the stage. So it was blocked off. But we were able to get to one part of it, was able to get to the lecture theatre, which was like down a really short area where it was like heating pipes and stuff. But anyway, so being young kids, being teenagers, we thought, what can we do down here? I know, let's have a cheeky smoke. So we're under a stage (laughs) in the school, having a cheeky smoke under the stage, having a puff, right, with our B&H, sharing sharing a cigarette, as you do, make them last longer, (laughs) don't strain it, right? And uh, the teacher comes in, and we hear the door going, and the door going, and he comes in, we hear him clumping along, and he goes, Reeves, Nick, hmm. And he stood there, right, and we hear him go, and we hear him walk up on the steps, up on the stage, and he's walking right above us. It's like we're in some sort of uh, escape film, and he's like the soldier looking for us. <laughs> we're, we're trying, we're tr- and the thing is, right, my mate, right, he's got, it's his turn on the cigarette, and he's puffing away on the cigarette thing, and you bastard, you're smoking all that cigarette. And uh, he's got all this smoke in his mouth, and he can't let it out, because obviously if he blows it out, it might go up through the floorboard. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah and we were like petrified and then uh, he was walking around the stage and then he walked back down and we heard him muttering to himself and he went out the door and uh and he's, my mate's coughing like he's got all this we climb out of this thing right we climb out of this trap door and we're literally right covered in 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 like cobwebs and years of dust right on our black trousers and our school uniform uh <laughs> and uh, he comes back in and he goes, where have you two lads been? And I'm like looking at him and my, my Nick's looking at me and I'm looking at the teacher and, uh, and we're like, oh, uh, we dropped something on the thing and it went through the floor. We had to go down and get it sir, on the, the, you shouldn't be going down there. Don't you be going down there. Look at the state of you. Clean yourselves up. And we're like, God, how did we get away with that? But yeah, some of the great stories of my school years, which completely went off tangent to urban legends were, it started with an urban legend and it finished with us being under a stage like it was a war film but there you go well at least you found a tunnel yeah because i always used to there always used to be rumors of tunnels in in under places yeah. that led somewhere when i was a kid and they never turned out to be true or at least we never found them well you know there was always stories about tunnels connecting different buildings together and stuff I'll like tell that. You, uh, that's not the only tunnel I discovered and I would love to go back. Years and years ago, uh, I worked in a in a kitchen uh, in a uh, a large um, what, what you call a like a theatre and in the olden days it was a theatre in the Victorian days but now it was a, a ballroom and uh, it was mm-hmm. a, uh, it had a cafe and a like they used to make food and i was my first job was basically collecting uh plates and cups in this old theater which has now been converted into like apartments and stuff the building's still there it's just that it's re- repurposed um and i remember the one of the ladies it was two old ladies that used to run the cafe and she comes out and she goes reeves dear can you go upstairs and get some more uh, chairs because we've got uh, we've got a big crowd coming in, and uh, there's not enough seats for them to sit down. Because they had like a ballroom dancing thing, and I'm like, "Yeah, all right." And I go upstairs because I talked like that when I was younger, and uh, I went upstairs right, <laughs> and I and I took the wrong turn in right. I 
rather than uh, going to this like little room where they kept all the chairs i kept on going so i went up the stairs and then i went up another flight of stairs and i thought oh it's all a bit dark up here and a bit it's all a bit cobwebby and and i pushed this door open right it was like really stiff and i'm like pushing it it was like some out of a like some out of a horror film i pushed this door open and i looked and it was all these kind of cubicles right and either side mm. right and it was a dressing room but it was like a multi-dressing room where you'd have because in the olden days it was a theater so people would be up there getting ready for stuff and i went into this area right and it was all cobwebby it was all like like decay and stuff like that but each little cubicle right it had like they were like pictures and signed pictures of actors that have played in that place and i'm like looking not knowing who these people are but they you know there was loads of them and there were things up there like props and clothes and from the olden days you know just left mm. and it was all like oh i'd love to have gone and ghost hunted somewhere like that but and I'm like walking around there. And of course, then the lady said, what are you doing up there? And I comes down and I'm like, oh, I got my chairs. And I've got my chairs and bring them back down and, and set them up. And, and, then, and then I always thought of, how do I get back up there? I need an excuse. But they wouldn't because they had like a, um, like a safety chain so public wouldn't go up there. And I, I, I never knew how to get back up there. I, I was only a young kid, you know, and I didn't know how to get back up there. But years later. I get to work in another place, which was the Winter Gardens. We've got some Winter Gardens down here. It's now been repurposed for like the college. But back in those days, like, I don't know, 20, nearly 30 years ago, I used to work there in, in those kitchens. And uh, I, uh, I was in the main, they had a ballroom as well, a big ballroom. And they were putting on a function. And I had to help set the tables up because um, I was an assistant in the kitchen. So I had to help. And they ran the outside. They had this like tunnels under the under the flooring, and I went under there to get these foldable tables out to move them out so that the guys could un you know undo them and put them out. And I was like, I was the I was the you know the 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 scallywag, so I had to go under there. Uh, and I was under there, right? And they had all this stuff from like the olden days, like old posters and, and old billboards and stuff like that. And you could walk around under there. It wasn't like it, you weren't crawling about. You could hunch a little bit. But you could walk around and you could go all the way around the outside of the uh, the ballroom. It was amazing. So, yeah, uh, it just mm. things like that fascinate me. Stuff like that in history yeah, yeah. adds to the kind of ghostiness. And of course, I was interested in the paranormal back then. So. Uh, immediately, uh, you know, immediately to me, it was, uh, there was a ghost down there and it was haunted. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I love, I love secret yeah. tunnels. I mean, it always seemed to be a common theme on uh, the show. Most haunted was that it was a legend of a haunt, of a spooky secret tunnel under whatever building they were investigating. It always seems to be. I bet there are loads. Tales. I bet there are, I bet a lot of these yeah. old, um, I'm not on about the buildings that have got like, uh, uh, priest holes and stuff like that but i'm about uh mm. in general like castles and that you know secret tunnels and secret areas yeah. that they don't tell the public about they just don't want because they don't want people going and trying to get in them and i, and I bet there's loads out there and it would be so yeah. great to go and, and wander around those and just just you know just to be just to explore and just have a look around yeah i was i was looking into what I, I, it's a bit impromptu so I, I don't have the actual name of the place there's a there's a old mansion somewhere in in england where years ago 
the guy who owned it was really eccentric and just didn't want to like see any people or deal with anyone so he built this series of tunnels underneath the mansion and apparently he just spent years and years excavating this land and there was like big you can like drive a a horse and cart down there and there's like almost like wow. a big ballroom type of area but i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head but um there's there's videos of people going down there and doing like urban exploration of him but they're all like shut off now i think they should open up and then people see well that would be uh yeah mm. i mean i'm just there must be places that are loads of places like that around that we uh that we just mm. i mean you know there are like military places where they have uh, underground bases and that that are disused and they're just you know some places are absolutely bigger than the places they're built below i mean there's a place um that is I'm trying to think what is where it is but it's a, a, below a village and it's it's twice the size of the village and it's got over 25 miles yeah. worth of roads and you can you can literally drive a car down there it's the you know the the width is that much but um there was this legend that uh and you have to go through this kind of like cave system to uh, how the urban explorers get to it they 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 go through this like cave system this like mine and uh there's this legend of the the i think it's the red door the the legend of the red door there's a door in this mine somewhere that if you can access it and get through this door then you can get access of a part of the base that is sealed off to the you know to the the normal part of the underground complex and I think the stuff like that is so intriguing. It might be a lot of old chuff, and somebody might have made it up, and it becomes. A, Where, where's that? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I'm trying to think exactly. I'll have to look it up and and mm. and send you the link. But it's uh, it's an underground uh, complex that was a military installation, and it's it's open to the public now. You can you can you can get a ticket and go down there on a tour. And it's huge. It's yeah. absolutely bonkers massive. But the 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 um I think the you know, the urban myth is that there's other areas to it and that it's sealed off from the public. Um and and people are going, Hmm, why is it still sealed off? What's down there? So yeah. There's there's a place in like North Yorkshire, isn't there, where it's like uh old RF base with tunnels underneath yeah. and they say there's like weird satanic graffiti down there and some kid went down there and went missing and stuff I, I love stuff like that you see i love yeah it's little little timmy went and he went down there and he went down the tunnel and we never seen again gone yeah it's all um, closed off you though. just rf bempton, bempton it that's it I'm just yeah. looking it up yeah there's like weird graffiti down there yeah just you 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 wonder mm. it's like the uh catacombs in uh in france in paris in france uh before the um you you the, what they called the uh the the guys that transverse cata uh cataphiles is it cataphiles they're basically they're the people that mm. map the the catacombs that aren't uh, open to the public and they can give you that here's the thing right um from from what i from what i know you can you've got to be careful a lot of urban explorers have been uh duped into people coming and going oh i'll give you a tour down there and they go into the the, the catacombs get led into a particular area and then they'll they'll be mugged and they're like give me all your gear give me a camera mm. and give me a whatever all your gear and then they get left down there and then they start panicking and then out of nowhere like an hour later someone will come along and go are you all right you know 
well, I'm just down here exploring. Oh, yeah, I got mugged. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll show you the way out. Well, that other person is a is the other person's uh, mate who's come down to make sure you get out of the catacombs because you literally can get lost in there. You're in the pitch black. Yeah, you yeah. know, and it can be very dangerous. And they go on for yeah. miles and miles, don't they? Absolutely yeah. miles. You can just get. I mean, yeah. imagine being. There's the classic, uh, I suppose it's a Halloween-y, but there's the classic video that's on YouTube, which is the in, the individual that was um, videotaping down there, and he got lost, mm. and he starts panicking, and he drops the camera on the floor, and you see him run off into the distance, and yeah. allegedly never to be seen again. Some people say that that was all staged, you know, and other people say, oh, it's, it's real, it really happened. Well, we know it really happened, but, you know, was the guy ever found? Who knows? But I could imagine someone, if you become disorientated and you became uh, lost in somewhere like that, how easily you could lose your your uh, composure. What, just wanted to get out, mm. you know? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. But anyway, um, I think that we've come to the end of this uh, Halloween talk on, on weirdness and uh, urban legends hope everybody's enjoyed it what are your um i was going to say have you doing any uh halloween games over the over this weekend because you, you, you've been doing a lot of uh the, the gaming stuff lately mm, on my live on my live streams yeah. i don't know if i'll get a chance to play any games on uh the weekend i don't need to get much time to stream uh, it's usually the weekday but have you got any uh I mean, maybe I'll, maybe I'll... spooky stuff what are you playing at the moment been playing through Resident Evil again. Oh, classic. Oh, yeah, the 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 uh, the remake of Resident Evil is really good. I've I've just played through that twice because I enjoyed it so much. I might play through it again actually because I'm in the mood for it. Um, and then I just uh, I've got a thing on my Twitch now where people can request games. So a lot of the time I'm playing like random requests of people, but they're always like a horror game usually, and they're usually quite fun. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I haven't really got anything. I've just like I've just finished Resident Evil, so I haven't got anything planned to play next. But yeah, I'm always playing something random, some weird horror game. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, Tom, for joining me on another Halloween episode because uh, you were with me at last no, no Halloween. And uh, you know, well, obviously everyone check out Tom's gaming. There'll be links will be in the the description below with this episode. I'd like to thank everyone uh, for listening and or for your support and uh, feedback. And remember, if you're able to share the episode, if you're able to and uh, leave a leave a review because it all helps. Um, uh, as I say, thanks for listening and uh, talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.